Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. Yeah, diapers is not something that families can purchase with food stamps. And these items are taxed. So that's another thing, you know, because they're not taxed as basic need items like toilet paper or soap. They're taxed, you know, at a higher amount. So I think it's important for listeners and people in the community to, to know that those things cannot be purchased through food stamps. And, you know, we need to talk to our legislators about that and how we can make that right for families that utilize that service. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of Two Kids and a Career. They help small business owners like me brand with purpose, and market with intent. The ladies at Evoke Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more at evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most Most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to episode 84 of the podcast. And Muriel Smith, the executive director of the St. Louis Area Diaper Bank, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jill. I'm excited to be here. I am just so filled up already learning a little bit more about you, learning a little bit more about the organization of the St. Louis Area Diaper Bank, which I do know a little bit about. But then also, I did not know about the St. Louis Alliance for Period Supplies, this program that is just as important. And so I'm really, really excited to learn more about both of these organizations and your role and how you got started. So I think that that's probably the perfect place to start is how you did get into the role that you are in as the executive director? Well, um, I actually was uh, executive director at another nonprofit organization, and I was looking to move on from there and was really wanting to work for an organization that did direct service and provided, um, you know, uh, things for the community and were really in the community. And so in looking, I found the diaper bank um, and was very excited and impressed with all of they do in the St. Louis community, in the St. Louis region, really, and uh, how many people they serve, children and families and, and women, and thought that this would be just like the best place for me. Um, I have children of my own, so I understand, uh, they're older now, but I understand the struggle of, you know, being able to have an adequate supply of diapers for them on a regular basis. And I just thought it, this was like a great organization that was doing great work and I wanted to be a part of it. Before we talk a little bit more about the St. Louis area diaper bank, when it was founded, the mission and all that, tell me a little bit about your kids. Yeah, so I have two kids. My daughter is 14. She'll be going into high school next or in the fall. And my son is 11 and he'll be going into middle school in the fall. So um, they're getting older. It seemed like it took forever. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because 
having a two and a four year old, I mean, there are times where I'm like, oh, can we fast forward? And then I feel guilty because people say, oh, you're going to miss this and that. And this. I'm like, no, some things I'm just not going to miss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it took forever to get here, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're great kids. They're both, um, my daughter will be in accelerating, accelerated classes, um, when school starts soon. And then my son has been in the gifted program since I think kindergarten. So, um, so they're pretty smart. I'm pretty proud of them. I was going to say proud mama right there. Now, what about with your daughter and the teenage years? I'm kind of scared. Has it been okay? Or you can just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I always tell people, you know, since she was born, I felt like she was already a teenager. But Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I really didn't know what that meant until she actually became a teenager. And she is very much a teenager sometimes. (laughs) Um, you know, for the most part, she, you know, she's a really good kid, but there are moments where, you know, you're like, you can't talk to your mother that way, you know, or, right. um, <laughs> so there's just moments where it's just like, oh, she's so 14 right now. Um, lots of deep breaths, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, let's go ahead and go into the St. Louis area diaper bank and a little bit more about that. I recently founded actually in 2014. I, for some reason, thought that it had been around longer than that, but founded in 2014. What I think is something that I've noticed is there are always different organizations, I'm talking churches, I'm talking schools, I'm talking whatever, that like to do diaper drives. And like you said, when you are a mom and you realize how much diapers cost and how many you go through, I mean, it's easy to laugh about it, but it is not funny really when you are not able to afford that essential item. And so I am so, so glad that this exists because I think something that hit me in about five years ago or so, I went to the St. Louis area food bank and we did a volunteer thing and it's very easy to assume who needs food or who needs diapers. And when you actually watch the training video and you see who's affected, you're like, wow, this is not an assumption kind of situation. Everyone can be affected by this. And everyone from the people in the two-story down the street from you to those that are living in funded housing, there is a need. And so to be able to educate individuals and to provide the supplies is just so super important. So would you take me to the St. Louis Area Diaper Bank's mission and um, some other facts that we should know? Yeah, so really our, our mission um, when, we, when we first started in 2014 was really to provide an adequate supply of diapers to low-income families that needed that, that you know, support in the St. Louis area. And we've continued that, and the pandemic actually has shown 
mm-hmm. you know, with, with what happened with everyone with losing jobs and homes and livelihoods that um, we now are helping whoever needs us um, for whatever reason that they might need us either long term or, or, you know, interim. So it, it's really helped broaden who we're helping. I mean, we're helping in North County, North City, and West County, in South County. So it's it's really all over. Um, and the, the face of, of who needs us and, and who you think would be, you know, when you think of diaper need, those faces are changing because uh, the pandemic just kind of upended everybody's lives. And so we're we're very happy to continue to, you know, be a resource for uh, people in the St. Louis community to be able to provide them with um, the diapers that they need for their children. And during the pandemic, we actually did a lot of drive-throughs with um, the St. Louis County Library and Operation Food Search and, um, you know, a few other organizations so that we could, because there was such a wide need so that we could get those diapers out into the community to help whomever needed them at that time. How many did you distribute? Do you know from just the pandemic alone? Yeah, it was a little over 800,000 that we distributed um, during, you know, the height of the, the pandemic last year. And our goal for last year was to distribute um, three million, and we actually, I think, we distributed three point uh, three million out into the community, and eight hundred thousand of that was because of COVID distributions. That's so crazy. I didn't realize until I mean, and I should know based on my own expenses, but approximately a thousand dollars per year to just keep one child in diapers. I mean, you read that, you kind of get sick to your stomach a little bit. Yeah, diapers are expensive. And, you know, imagine if you have more than one child, you have two or three or four or five children um, that are in varying stages of of wearing diapers, that becomes really expensive, you know, especially if you are on a limited income, or, you know, it's just not something that you're able to uh, provide, you know, on a regular basis. And also people don't think that diapers are a basic need. There are a basic what? need for children. I mean, at the very least. So <laughs> oh that is a basic need item um, that any child needs. And, you know, parents need that for their children. I guess someone could argue that you could use cloth diapers, but maybe I'm wrong in saying this and I am open to getting educated on this, but you're still washing and using water and soap to clean out those reusable diapers. So maybe the expense is a little less, but there's still an expense associated with that. Right, there is. And with most of the families that we serve, they do not have access to, you know, a washing machine and a, a dryer or, you know, maybe they their living situation is not such that they have, they can, you know, wash things out. And so it's more of a burden for them to have to have 
cloth diapers than it would be to have um, disposable diapers. And there is, you know, um, you know, it is a limited sort of burden on the environment um, in that those cloth diapers are not disposable. But yes, you are using water, <laughs> you are using detergent um, to clean those. So you kind of have to, you know, think about that. Um, but, you know, I commend those parents that want to use cloth diapers. It's just right. not something that's feasible for the families that we serve for most of them. One thing too with childcare. So if you didn't have your child in childcare when they were in diapers or you don't have children yet, or this is something you're thinking of, childcare, they, you have to provide the diapers. So it's not like you're paying childcare and they're also giving you the diapers with that. That's an additional cost. Right. That's right. Um, and that's really what we try to do is fill that gap in helping parents with that. So we, we can't provide them with their you know entire need of diapers on a daily basis, but we can help fill a gap. And so a lot of our families take advantage of child care. And yes, when you put your uh, child in there, they do require that you provide a certain number of diapers for them to use while your child is there. That can be a burden on people when you're already trying to diaper them when they're not in daycare. So um, to be able to provide, you know, 50 diapers or however many it is um, for our families for them to either use at home or even just to take to the daycare, that takes the burden off of them and really helps them out, um, you know, with with their diaper need. Fortunately, in my household, we are able to afford diapers, but you better believe that every diaper is used. I mean, there is no diaper wasted. And and what I mean by that is that if somebody is, let's say, you know, our youngest, when she grows out of the one size and so we have leftovers, I will talk to someone who has a child that might be in that size and offer the extras that we have. And then that the same has happened for us. I have had people say, oh, we still have these extra diapers from this size. Is she in that? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Because it does help. Every little bit helps. And so on my end, being able to get a few extra diapers from a family member or a friend because they had extra laying around helps me a lot. So I can only imagine those that are in dire need, how much you guys are helping. Yeah, because there, there are times, um, just anecdotally, where parents have left their children in soil diapers for a, you know, a long <sighs> period of time because they don't have any clean diapers or they have a limited amount of clean diapers. So they're trying to reserve those. And so that obviously causes, uh, you know, a health concern for, for the child, you know, they, from any, you know, mental and physical, and it also causes, you know, mental stress on the parent when their child is unhappy and knowing that you can't provide them, you know, with, with the diapers that they need in order to, you know, not have diaper rash or, or any other, um, you know, thing that they might, might experience when, and having a diaper on for too long. So 
it, it's just it's imperative that you know for us that we continue to help our families in the St. Louis community that need diapers, and then also to you know let them know that you don't have to live them and leave the babies in the diapers for so long that we can get you diapers, um, get you access to diapers so that you won't have to do that um, and, and feel the stress of not being able to have, you know, clean diapers for your child. Well, Muriel, something that I didn't even realize until getting ready for this interview that it just hurts to say this too, that parents will sometimes limit their child's liquid intake because they don't have enough diapers. And that is just causing harm too on the kids as well. And oh, oh I, I just having to choose that, I, it can't be easy. It, it is a very hard thing to think about that parents have to do that. And, and parents in, you know, um, in situations are making all kinds of different decisions based on their, you know, what their environment or what they're doing. So, um, you know, they're making choices about whether or not they can afford diapers or they need to pay other bills. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that's why it's important that people in the St. Louis community know, you know, if they have a neighbor or um, a friend or a relative that has a child and they don't have, um, you know, access to diapers or they can't afford, you know, enough diapers for, for their child that they can get connected with um, the St. Louis Area Diaper Bank. And then we can, um, you know, help make sure that they can get the supply of diapers that they need and not feel like, you know, they have to do these measures in order, um, you know, to, to save diapers because they don't have enough. Okay. So the next thing I want to bring up, and I am just shocked by this. So is it true that with government programs like food stamps, they do not provide funding for diapers? So you can't buy diapers with food stamps? That is correct. Yeah. Diapers is not something that that families can purchase with food stamps. Um, and that's another you know issue that uh, you know, we need our legislators to be involved in that to understand that, again, this is a, a basic need. It is something that would be helpful for, you know, families that utilize those services to be able to purchase or be able to get, um, you know, with with food stamps. So, yeah, it's, it's mind boggling that and and these items are taxed, so that's another thing, you know, because they're not taxed as, you know, basic need items like toilet paper or, you know, soap. They're taxed, you know, at a higher amount, which makes them even more, you know, um, it's not feasible for, for families when you think about, well, I'm already, you know, the, the box of however many, 142 diapers is 25 or $30 a box, but then you have to put this higher tax on the end as well. And so I think it's, you know, important for uh, listeners and people in the community to, to know that those things cannot be purchased 
um, through food stamps. And, you know, we need to talk to our legislators about that and how we can make that right for, for families that utilize that service. Hitting pause on the conversation for a brief minute to talk to you about one of the sponsors of the podcast, Evoke Creative. So what the ladies at Evoke Creative do, well, it's a lot. <laughs> they help small businesses brand with purpose and market with intent. And the other day, I realized how important their business is. They really help make a difference for a small business. So for example, they have this new client where it's basically a cold-pressed juice, but it's a mixer for tequila. So you could drink it as is, but it's designed to be a healthier option to put with tequila for margaritas, whatever you want it to be. And so I saw them post this on their social media and I was like, oh my gosh, I need this in my life. Now, right now, this particular client is only able to sell her product in Texas, but she's starting to work in other states because people are noticing and because people are paying attention. And it just started with Evoke Creative getting the word out there and starting to just tell people about this amazing product. So if you're in that market and you need a little extra help and you need some guidance, the ladies at Evoke Creative are here to help you. EvokeCCO.com. All right, back to the conversation with Muriel. So just to let people let this sink in for a minute, diapers cannot be obtained with food stamps and are classified with cigarettes and alcohol. That's a problem. That sentence right there is a problem. So legislation, I mean, do you have tips on who we can contact or how we go about that or, you know, any advice on that? Yeah, I would say, you know, you'd start obviously, um, you know, at your, you can contact your local uh, representative and then they then can also get in, in contact um, with their counterparts at at the state level. We have you know senators that are here um, in our communities that are I'm sure are in their communities all the time talking to constituents. And so um, if yours is active in your community, you can go and talk to them about this this issue and let them know that you know your feelings about that and that that should change so that they understand that that is uh, a huge need and it's a burden and that, you know, if that could change, that would be great. And then they can, you know, start to possibly, you know, get interested in that, understand the, the issue, and then craft uh, some legislation to introduce um, to their colleagues. So it's it's a long process, but I, I think just the more we educate our legislators about this um, and they can wrap their arms around it, then the sooner we can start moving on on getting that um, done. You got to start somewhere. So that's what you got to do. So at the beginning of this episode, I actually uh, worded it wrong, but I said that the organization of the St. Louis Area Diaper Bank we were going to talk about, but also the organization of the St. Louis Alliance for Period Supplies. But that's actually a program part of the diaper bank, correct? 
Yes, that's correct. We added that program um, in March of last year. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, right before the pandemic hit, but had been working on that um, issue of, of period poverty and providing um, period supplies to people for, uh, I think, since 2019 or even before that. So, yeah, we added this program last year um, because we saw a need in the St. Louis community. We, we um, looked at some research that uh, Dr. Kohlberth, who is out of St. Louis University, did around uh, period poverty in the St. Louis area and the need and, um, you know, decided that this could be, you know, something that we add as a program for the diaper bank because we're taking care essentially of moms and babies. Um, and so, you know, women are, are individuals that menstruate need access to these, uh, you know, monthly items and they are also expensive, <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. just like diapers, um, as well as taxed in the same way that diapers are. Do you feel like the whole period supplies, it's like this <laughs> risque thing to talk about? Because I I mean, I'm shocked that we haven't had something like this exist before now. Yeah. And I think you're, you're right. It is taboo. Um, Why? I know, know, but come on, people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not everybody. Well, people don't like to talk talk about, I think, bodily functions in general. Like I'm I'm sure, you know, um, incontinence products or IBS, you know, those, I'm sure there's, there's difficulty in people kind of talking about that, even though they, you know, I I think that's more why like acceptable because it, it could be you know, both men, um, and women, but, you know, uh, anybody so can have, yeah, you know, <laughs> so I think that's kind of been sort of the thing and it's kind of taboo and, and, you know, g- growing up, you know, when I got mine, I, my, I had two older sisters and I was like mortified when I got mine. <laughs> and, um, and so I think, it's just educating, you know, people about periods and that it's not something to be afraid of or ashamed of. It's a natural thing that happens, you know, right. with people that experience periods. And the more education you do around that, I think the more people will become accepted, acceptable. You know, it'll be just something people talk about and understand, because it's not going away, <laughs> as far as I know. I mean, I'm not right. a scientist or a doctor, but it's going to keep happening. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, it's good for people to, it's good for, you know, young people who experience periods to to know that you have nothing to be ashamed of. And it's not like you have to hide away in a corner or, you know, not go to school or go to work or go, you know, out in the world or, or do anything. You can go swimming. You can do, you know, anything you want when, when you have your period. So it's not something that's just like, Oh, I have my period. I have to, you know, sit over here and, and be quiet right. and wait, you know, up to seven days or however long it takes. And then I'll be fine after that. It's not an illness. No. <laughs> oh, geez. So this program does, like you said, I mean, and, and we know, 
period supplies are expensive too. So the program will help individuals that are in need of those supplies. I mean, is it kind of the same way where they contact you or you distribute them? How does it work? Yeah, it's the the same way as um, the diaper program. And I didn't mention this earlier. So we as an organization partner with other um, organizations that provide other services or resources. So we provide the diapers and period supplies to those organizations, and then they in turn provide them to their clients or to the community at large. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the period supply program works the exact same way. We put together period kits um, where it's um, it, we have some tampon only kits, some period or pad only kits. We have mixed kits. We have access or some kits that have uh, period cups in them. We put fun stuff in in the period kits like chocolate. We have <laughs> um, you know some some pain um, medication or, you know, like aspirin, that kind of thing. And then we have the period post that just basically talks to you about your period, tells you what you'll experience. Um, you know, there's an instructional part that, that shows you how to use a pad, how to use a tampon. And so those kits are then distributed to our partners, um, who, then distribute them to the community. And we have uh, the St. Louis City Library. Anyone can go to St. Louis City Library, St. Louis County Library um, is going to be doing it soon as well, to ask for these kits, um, and they will provide them to them um, any time they go to the library. I love this so much. I just can't believe that I, I'm only talking about this for the first time ever, and it's 2021, but like like I said, you got to start somewhere. So this is just so fantastic. All right. I know that there are ways that people can help, and I know that you have a big event coming up. So let's get all those details out before we wrap things up today. Yeah, so if anyone's interested, you can volunteer in our warehouse and package diapers and put together period kits. Um, That would be great. You can also serve as a community ambassador where you're collecting diapers and period supplies for us. We also take uh, monetary donations because we do purchase the diapers and period supplies um, at at a very discounted cost to us so that then we can supply those to the community. And so they can go to our website and find out all information about um, that at stldiaperbank.org. We also have coming up a Fill the Warehouse event. Um, It's during Diaper Need Awareness Week, which is the very last week of September into the first uh, partial week of October groups, businesses, individuals can get involved and they can collect diapers for us. Um, And then it culminates in a a big event here at the diaper bank when everybody can bring in their donations and, you know, it'll be a a festival type of atmosphere. Um, You can also sponsor that event um, and anybody can participate in that. And it's just a good way for uh, us to collect a lot of diapers for the St. Louis community and also to 
talk to people about diaper need so they know that that's um, happening in their community and how they can help. Would you get all that information also at stldiaperbank.org? Yes, you can. All right. And so then with those sorts of fundraisers or volunteer opportunities, you know, do you provide different um, signage or material that can be handed out to individuals so that they know exactly what they're doing? Or how does that work? Yeah. So for our ambassadors that are out in the community, we have a sign that they can put out in their yard that says that this is a St. Louis area diaper ambassador site. Um, they get a lot of uh, information that they can provide, flyers and that, that type of thing about, about St. Louis Area Diaper Bank and diaper need and period poverty. And um, so they'll get that. And then we do have what we call a for diaper drives. Anybody who wants to help hold a diaper drive or a period drive, they do get a toolkit that gives them, it, it's an electronic toolkit. So it gives them all the information and tools they would need to hold a diaper drive uh, with information and signage and all kinds of things that they can use to just do their own diaper drive and, and then um, donate all of those items to the diaper bank. That's so awesome, making it so easy for people. Um, when you were talking about the volunteer opportunity to actually come to the warehouse and put together the different bundles, where is the warehouse located? Yeah, we're at 6141 Etzel Avenue um, at the corner of Etzel and Kingland, or right before you get to Skinkers, so we're not too far from the Del Mar Loop. Got it. Okay. This is so fantastic. I will have all of this information on the show notes at jilldevine.com. Anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to add in these final moments together? Yeah, I think the last thing we do have our annual underpants dance gala. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> That we are going to do on October 22nd at the Palladium oh, so, okay. um, at 6 p.m. So if anyone's interested in attending that event or be being a sponsor, they can give us a call and, our, and also they can check out our website. But our phone number is 314-624-0888. And um, we'll be we'll have some stuff on our uh, website. And if they're interested in getting the save the date cards that just went out for that or getting an invitation, they can let us know. Thank you so much, Muriel, for all that you're doing for our community and just the education for maybe some young girls, even for some young moms or even established moms, you know, education it, it never ends. You can always be educated on things. So thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on, Jill. I really appreciate it. New episodes of the podcast launch on Wednesdays and next week's episode, episode 85. It will feature Anna S. She is the president and CEO of Main Street Financial Planning. And let me tell you, at least to me, Financial planning isn't all that sexy. <laughs> I don't do well with numbers, thinking about things that I don't want to think about. Not so great. But when you have the right person to talk to you about it, 
It really does make a difference. And I just encourage you to take a listen to this episode because it is something that you need to think about. But Anna gives some great tips and advice on what you should look for and shouldn't look for in a financial planner and also how you connect and you kind of make financial planning feel a little bit more sexier. So that is next week on the podcast. Once again, I would like to highlight one of the sponsors of the podcast, Evoke Creative, online, evokecco.com. The ladies at Evoke Creative, they're the ones that made my website, which I love, jilldevine.com. They also helped me with my overall purpose, my plan with Jill Divine Media and the podcast, and they can do the same thing for you. Here's something that I love that they are doing for people, and it's providing free stuff. They understand everybody's busy. They understand not everybody has a budget. So they want to give you some pointers. They want you to succeed. That's what they're about. And then when you start to build up your brand and your business, you can contact them. They're going to help you out with your digital marketing needs. So if you check them out at evokecco.com, you can see those freebies that I'm talking to you about and then learn a little bit more about what they can do for you. So check them out when you get some time. And before you go, just a quick reminder that new episodes launch every Wednesday. If you would do me a huge favor and subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform where you're listening to this episode, I would greatly appreciate it. You probably hear that a lot with different podcasts you listen to. And the reason why we ask you to do that, it helps get the podcast in the hands of others. So it's word of mouth. And that's just by subscribing, rating it and reviewing. So I appreciate that in advance. And also check me out on the socials on Instagram at Jill Devine. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and also online, JillDevine.com. Thank you for your support of two kids and a career.